The red carpet symbolizes recognition, honor, VIP status. On this podcast, I will roll out my own red carpet, cut from a thrifted dress for some beautiful souls around the world who deserve all the paparazzi crowding their huts and homes, flashing bulbs on their goodness. I am your host, Kristen Lee, for these red carpet moments where we honor the divine and all that is genuinely VIP in each person with the hope that you will be lifted and filled with the desire to connect and expand your heart. Let's begin. Aloha. Aloha. How are you? I am good. How are you, my friend? Good. I'm doing really good. Just got Um, a bit ago and going to get right to work. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. So what does that... Okay, wait. Whoa. So many thoughts. So many things. So For you, too. (laughs) First of all um everyone this is sarah formerly known burrows slash now black sarah black and we have known each other since we were freshmen in college correct yes Yes. we did a freshman theater class and we were partners for the ambiguous scene so like what every (laughs) couple weeks we'd come up with a new thing and we'd go out to eat and practice and like just have fun so oh my gosh so good (laughs) and somehow across the years we have just kept this lovely connection that I'm so grateful for and it has produced bonds across our love for and work in India (laughs) And celebrating your marriage on Halloween in mm-hmm. costume <laughs> to uh, shows, um, supporting each other in performances. And Sarah's yeah. an incredible dancer, performer, you name it, hip hop. I mean, any kind of dance, any, she's so fun to watch. We've been, um, we've been to California together. Oh. Random California trip. <laughs> I sometimes forget, but yeah, it was like so last minute. I was like, let's go to California. Oh, I I know. I forget that too. And then I see pictures and I'm like, okay, panning for gold in San Diego with Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And now, funny, another connection. Um, Both of us are in states where we are facing hurricane uh warnings and i think sarah's in the safe zone right yeah right now i mean i haven't um looked at anything recently but i mean i'm an hour and a half from houston and a couple years ago you know they got flooded so it's very very likely and common here um you wouldn't think that it rains a ton just in texas in general but in where i am close to the coast yeah it the rainstorms are insane and you're in I mean Hawaii hello so yes uh <laughs> gotta love it Douglas is threatening and oh we it keeps like moving and so I'm sitting in a little closet right now hoping <laughs> that the wi-fi uh stays on and we are potentially 
going to see winds up to 115 miles per hour before the night is out. So gosh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens when I emerge from this little closet in the next hour. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And <laughs> oh yeah, it's, this is my first hurricane adventure and just fun and ironic that we're both in states that have some of the okay. first big hurricanes of the season mm -hmm. i'm from virginia so like i grew up with it too boarding mm. those and not having electricity for a week and my birthday's in september so like i've had a blackout birthday party where it's like no electricity and like well it was just birthday party at three in the afternoon that's normal <laughs> and um and anyway so man yeah it's i've grown up with it yeah most had it in my life most of my right life. it's so interesting how <laughs> yeah. different our experiences can be based on that geographical spot I mean I yeah. grew up with ice storms where we would cancel school for a week and yeah the ice would break the trees by just the sheer weight and I, I mean, as a kid, you just love it, but yeah. <laughs> you have to drive in it. No, right. Exactly. Yeah, it's so like, no pretty. Cool. It's great. <laughs> I know. Yeah, oh man. Like, wow. I can't get food. I can't do what I need to do. I know. I, yeah. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But until then we're here and yeah. we're just going to catch up. <laughs> Um, I, so I want to just, let's share with our friends who are listening, mm -hmm. what it is that you have been spending your time doing these last number of years. So cool. She has a business. I, I mean, I would also call it a movement, a purpose driven <laughs> organization called choose made. Can you just tell us more about that and how that came to be? Oh man. Um, so everything Big you question. said, there's, yes. Um, so there are so many facets to what I do. I think because, I mean, similar to you, just so passionate about so many things, trying to make a difference in any way I can and owning my own business um, in such a small scale, like I'm able to like adjust and accommodate whatever is needed and whatever is necessary. Mm. Um, and yeah, we've had similar experiences in traveling outside of the country and, and serving and with performing and just really using our talents. And like, I, I can't, I can't imagine not using my talents to help other people. So mm. background of me, yeah, I grew up, dancing and performing and also then teaching myself how to sew on the side. I took classes like in middle school, but really just was really curious about it and um, dabbled it on my own up until college. Um, I studied marketing, advertising in college, and I just didn't find that was where I needed to be. I, I enjoyed like figuring people out and tailoring the message or the product, whatever it is to help people, but it just still just felt limited and still growing my talents in sewing. It wasn't until after I graduated college, I graduated, not graduate. Yeah. Graduated college and um, had a corporate job. I just decided, I was like, I've never left the country. I'm 25 years old, never left the country. I got a passport. 
I was like, I'm a big girl now, big girl <laughs> job, I'm leaving this place. So I quit the job. I went to Africa for three months. Like, who does that for the first time out of the country? <laughs> um, I, went to I love Africa, it. And I just try to fully immerse myself. Um, organization that based in, in Utah, um, they allow you to try different projects. So I was able to teach math at a school. Then I also taught dance, um, kind of like after school program. As a group, we helped build a school and then also utilizing um, some marketing skills to help an organization, a vocational school, and then um, teamed up with another nonprofit, kind of a kind of third party that was out there teaching sewing. I just fell in love with it, and that was the beginning where I'm like working side by side with these women. I don't know the language, but I've developed, <laughs> and like you figure out like sewing <laughs> sign language, you know. You just yeah. carry your own hand motion, especially sewing is such a visual thing. And that's what's in so many other experiences that have come after. It's like, we don't speak the same language, but we both love, like we love sewing. And so like, that's what ties us. And we understand because these are seamstresses that are skilled. They just, I'm helping them and like, introducing a new product. And so just like our sewing language, it's so cool how it like connected us and so that was like the start of it and I was like I want to do this and then I just had other opportunities where like hey do you want to go to India and teach sewing like specifically and I was like yes and I and I knew I couldn't do it by myself because they wanted like 60 women that they're teaching in India I was like there's no way I can do it by myself I recruited some people through social media word of mouth um, and I was able to recruit a team of eight makers um both in sewing and jewelry photography and writing so we can like document everything and I really wanted to share the experience with other people of like to introduce like this new world this opportunity that I had in Africa and then like there's another opportunity in India and how influenced I was by it um I'm long-winded I'll try to keep this short but like I love it this is really the beginning is, it means so much to me because like, like how it all started, it's really piece, like so many small pieces that came together. And again, it's like, I've just found what mm, opportunities come my way. I feel like it's meant to be. And I want to just grab those opportunities and run with it and see where it goes. And, and that's really where it's led me to. So, I mean, kind of fast forwarding through it all. I've been to India three times to teach sewing with different group of groups of makers. I've been to Peru just last year to teach sewing with another organization. And then because of my humanitarian experience, I've been able to go as a co-leader with a youth humanitarian group leading about 20 kids um, in Fiji and Italy. And Kristen, you've been to Fiji, you know, and like, yes, organization. So that's like <laughs> one of the great ways. And Kristen and I have like crossed. We haven't done the same time though, but no, but the same organization, same experiences, same love and for the youth and for serving and for church. So those have been amazing. And then, so my business I've used my international experiences to, well, I think that helped me find my passion for helping those in my community. I don't have to travel across the world to help marginalized populations like in Salt Lake City, huge refugee communities. So I've been able, I was able to 
connect with refugee communities and the employment specialists to identify refugees that need a job. And I was able mm. to employ some, um, just one at a time, just starting as a small business, then like connecting with a homeless shelter and doing a holiday, like hygiene bag gifting during the holidays and then helping. I think those are mostly in Salt Lake with the organization's Catholic Community Services in Salt Lake City. There's IRC and Asian Association and then Rescue Mission. That's the homeless shelter. But those organizations mm. mostly helped me find refugees to work with and groups of people to teach. So now that I don't live in Salt Lake City and I live, I don't live in a big city. So I'm hour and a half, like I said, from Houston. It's a college town far away. You know, Houston's far enough away. I can't employ anybody. I can't employ anybody, but I donate a percent of my products. I don't think I've said what I do. I make bags. No. <laughs> hey, I make bags. That's, that's what, that's what my business all about and making bags and um just like purses and backpacks I don't know how I got into backpacks or like into bags in general it's just uh, a unique thing I think tells a lot about what a person does and their style um and just a fun eclectic product I might go somewhere I collect fabric because I'm obsessed with them and it's hard not to and so using my materials I um get from where I travel to. And so, yeah, I make bags. I donate to Refugee Services of Texas here. I just try to use my talents and my business as a vehicle to help others. That's it. Oh, that was, that was a lot. <laughs> Did you follow? Listen, Did you follow that? I <laughs> loved all of that. And, and also, I mean, just on the surface, like Sarah's bags are beautiful. Her and also earrings and yeah. jewelry that all have like meaning. I mean, even to the shape of an earring being reminiscent of somewhere in India, right? Yes. So my recent collection is called Jaipur. Well, sorry, two ago was Jaipur using repurposed leather. So I use leather and international textiles in my products and anything left over. Um, I have a lot of little leather scraps. I repurpose those into my earrings using other thrifted or repurposed materials from other jewelry or really anything and use it in earrings. Um, and so Jaipur is called the pink city and this leather kind of has like this pink blush tone to it. And we were supposed to go to India this summer. <laughs> so it was kind of like in the spirit of, yeah. um, because we were able to go to India. Um, and so that was kind of a nice kind of piece for me, a project to kind of pay, like to kind of celebrate India and, and what we could have done. And, um, so that, and I've done a Peru one after I went to Peru, I made a Peru collection called Pachimama and then using materials I got in Peru and just other um, materials that really represented earth, the mother earth, yeah. um, respected out there. And so I really tried to make it reflect or share a message. I mean, it's art, it's a, it's an art form. Um, that you can wear and it represents whatever, you know, some, maybe something to someone else, different things. And, uh, and then my recent collection, it's called shade. And, um, I believe there are six, there are six, um, earring styles and they're named after 
just traditional women's names from cultures from all over the world. So that was a really fun one um, to ask in social media, my followers, like, hey, what are some names in your culture or cultures that you yeah. admire? Um, in my own culture, my mom's Filipino. Um, so I used to name my mom's name, actually. That is a very common name in the Philippines. Um, so just to celebrate women from all over the world and um, backgrounds and shades of race and experiences. Oh, I love that. That is so beautiful. <laughs> It's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> and you have also, I've seen for what's going on with two things, um, the pandemic and the, you know, Black Lives Matter, uh, Melanated Voices Matter. You've created, was this your hashtag that you created to sew their names? No. So it was one I saw on social media already. So NAACP, they reposted or they shared a picture of someone that had sewn like um, hand stitched, for example, George George Floyd, uh, Trayvon Martin, Breonna Taylor stitched their names in um, I think it was it was a white or medical mask, just like a plain mask. And I believe they're tied I don't know where they're tied. Um, I haven't been able to find that. But what I also try to do is like <clears throat> find the original artist because so many people are reposting things. I want to make sure I find the original artist and then like go to their actual post and reshare that. Okay. Um, and then I found who it was a girl. She made it. She posted it and NAACP picked that up. Um, and she's done a few of those. And I just was like so hit by that, like that word use. I was like, whoa, that is like powerful. For what I do and it's like wow this is how you really respect somebody this is really how you use your talent and I was like so inspired by that and so it's actually her hashtag so please look it up because she does great masks and she's you know we unfortunately are continuing to add to the names and continuing to you know share more of the names but it is someone else's so I won't claim that yeah um, but jumping on board and using it in my own way so yes, I've used my sewing skills to kind of put my bags to the side and jumped on board with the masks April, I think it was April 3rd or something. And boom, hit with that because not many people were making them then. Yeah, still making them. And then when the Black Lives Matter movement came and then I saw that hashtag, like it all came together. And I have, so, again, I said, I have so much fabric from other places right. around the world. So what I use for these, for the Southern Names masks are fabrics from all over the world. So some from Fiji. I had some from the main places um, in India and Uganda. And I still had some from my trip like five years ago to Uganda. I still had it. Um, and so that's another way, like I wanted to amplify and celebrate these cultures and um, educate. I feel like, you know, what's the use of me building up a following if I'm not a voice, if I'm not educating or making aware? Um, I've had people like, thank you so much for what you shared or um, your experience and, and doing something because a lot of people don't, and this is with service in general, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to make an impact, but, um, you know, it takes certain people to like step up, be the voice and it allows 
others to at their own comfort level ability to you know pitch in and and do anything that they can so 25 percent of the sales from these masks are going to MAACP. Oh, that's amazing. To, to help find justice for those that have lost their lives. Wow, that's beautiful. And, and, <laughs> thanks. and it's really overwhelming, like seeing, you know, the names come in. It's like kind of a, whew, um, it really takes my breath away seeing the names and the orders, you know, it's a reminder for me and it like, you know, it takes me on this emotional ride and making all of them and, and naming each one too. Um, I just came out with, I believe six or seven more, more masks and more names to, to make aware. I think what I am so inspired by, especially is that you have found ways throughout your entire I mean, career slash, it just feels like your personal life to use what you have been given, your talents that you've just developed, that you have worked on and taught yourself, and you have found ways to give, educate, serve, build, and offer to the world good and light. And it's also a way that is helping sustain you know, your life as you have a business, but I loved what you said about how this business quote, quote, is a tool or an instrument for you to be able to serve and give and lift and employ people who may not have an opportunity to learn a skill or to work, etc. And I think all of us can take notes on that from you. I I just think it's beautiful. Mm, thank you. It's, woo, yeah, it's definitely been, because how long I've been doing it? I mean, I quit 2014, um, but it's always been my passion to use my talents. And I think that's why I loved bags and custom work is recreating something they something that they had in their childhood and so I like that one-on-one quality to what I do and even my products are small batch stuff so it's very unique in what I do Mm -hmm. the fabric is in different places so it's unique um really put meaning behind what I do it's more fulfilling to me and um, just feel very grateful that <laughs> I've been able to do it. And like I, um, and yeah, you hit exactly in that I, I want to share this talent, um, but also like in growing up, people were like, wow, I can't believe you did that. Like, that's so amazing. And I'm like, it's not that hard. Like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything super. Yeah, I'm not doing anything super hard. I'm teaching myself and. And I'm like, it's easy. You could do it. Like, I can show you. And I think being able to show someone else how to do something is the greatest reward. And what I found in doing humanitarian trips and really anything is that there's just communities or people that lack resources and the knowledge. So if you can pass on the resources resources and the knowledge and the skills, then you have set them up. I mean, it's like teaching a man to fish. So if you can really show them how to 
um, give them the confidence. That's the first thing is give them the confidence that they can do it. Like they can figure it out. It's not going to be so in, like instantaneous. They're going to have to work hard for it, but here's a little bit of help. Right. So we've been able to donate sewing machines. Like that's really all they need. They are such creative, handy workers in India. They just need the machines to and facility to create. Um, and then they're set. Like I wholeheartedly trust their ability and they are such hard workers. They just like the simple things. Um, and if we can just provide them, I really think education and passing on those skills and knowledge and basics is so important and making sure it's sustainable and not just uh, one and done, right. you know, and then because the organization I work with in India, um, there is an NGO in the city, it's Hyderabad, and there's an organization where they work with these villages year round. So it's not just a random village and you know we're not in touch with them after we are in touch with the director and so in speaking of you know I wasn't able to go to India this summer we were still um so as a group we were still able to donate money to them so that they can make masks for their community awesome. they've been able to make to a thousand masks um they're not making any money right now they are donating to their own community the seamstresses are working hard to um, to make them and then the directors are passing him out she's sending me pictures and videos wow. and it's so endearing to show like these women that I've taught over the last three trips like they've been able to use the bit that we've taught them and be able to help their community like that is just so rewarding that they're using um they're passing it on that's just really what ah, I love it yes <laughs> it's like this pay it forward ripple effect of of gifts and and knowledge which is more powerful than any dollar bill or coin and oh okay so what what do you think in all of this in this journey of this last what six ish years what has yeah. been the hardest or most impactful lesson that you maybe didn't expect to learn along the way? I think the hardest lessons were at the beginning. Um, so I had a goal, you know, I, I, so I did a crowdfunding campaign and the whole premise, really how it works, you get a huge order, like tons of orders from people. And I knew that from all these orders, I could employ at least one refugee and provide, you know, some income for a couple months. And that happened. And then it came to a point where sales were dying down. I did have to, like, promote again. Um, another part of it um, was making sure I put my money in the right places so that my business did grow appropriately and, um but what ha I didn't, so that's one lesson. And so because it didn't grow as it could have, um, using that momentum, uh, boy refugees, um, like I intended to, so it was going down to part-time. And then it came to a point where um, it had to be more project-to-project-based. And so I was like, what what is this like I had a whole thing for like I think it was two years I was saying like I'm employing refugees and and empowering them I'm like it's not as 
um, full time as I intended it to, or as I, you know, some people might get confused. Like she's employing people like, not really. I'm like contracting them every once in a while. So I felt weird. I just like not right in my words and how I was sharing it. And so I was like, how do I, you know, I have this mission and I, you know, I had, um, others tell me, well, it's, it's your mission. It's your goal. It doesn't mean like a lot of people have these goals and if you're not able to fulfill it right now, it's okay. Like that's your goal. And I was like, I still just don't feel right about it. Like sharing. Um, and so, and then I changed it to where I donated. Cause I felt like if 5% that can be a more consistent goal, like consistent, um, deliverable and action item than employing somebody. Um, so I had to like be okay shifting my deliverable, um, um, even though it wasn't, you know, I intended to employ somebody full time, but things shift and things change and, you know, trying to learn and trying to do it on my own is really hard. So, right. Um, I think being okay with change and being okay with, um, you know, things just don't work out the way you planned and um but finding I think accepting that and finding okay where can I make the biggest the best impact it doesn't have to be the biggest but like where can I make an impact right now where is needed um I guess just most useful especially um in conveying my mission to others and to give assurance to others that they are making a difference as well it's like, so another state and I already have it implemented that I donate. And it's like, oh, well, you know, then that move wasn't so hard because I already had this implementation of donating. And, um, you know, instead of trying to make finding ways to employ somebody, um, I had the donation kind of element set up already. Right. So just shifting, just being able to shift and really move. Um, yeah, and adjust, adjust. Okay. That is a universally needed message. Mm -hmm. I think for our world right now, I had a, yeah. a leader who used to tell me, uh, blessed are the flexible for they shall not be bent out of shape. And oh. I <laughs> loved that because I think, you know, all of us, whether we're trying to do good with a business or just trying to navigate a world full of unknowns that to the proportions we've never seen, I feel like before, to, to understand that, that powerful capacity to shift and, you know, go with the flow and adjust and Mm -hmm. And be confident in that, knowing that it doesn't mean that you were wrong when you started or right. that you, you know, that you have this pressure on yourself or you feel guilty because you are now having to do something different. But if, right. if everyone realizes that we are human and we are learning as we go and, and I think a lot of people feel that pressure if they want to start something I even did before I started a podcast where I felt like, 
I needed to have all the answers or completely plan it out or, and I know a lot of people do that. And I think business owners similarly, uh, mm-hmm. but some of the greatest entrepreneurs, humanitarians, artists, anyone who creates something of any kind, I believe has to have this capacity to some degree where they say to themselves, okay, I just have to do it. I just have to do it. And I'm going to learn along the way and, Mm -hmm. and giving yourself and those around you the space to do that will make this world a far more creator friendly space, whether you're a scientist trying to find a vaccine for coronavirus, or you are making bags and jewelry and masks, or you are writing a film script, like whatever you're doing, I think everyone's a creator to some Mm -hmm. degree. I think that is the divine in us and we are built to create and the more space we give each other and ourselves to do so without pressure of perfection or having all the answers, the more we'll be able to produce. And we are in a space right now where we need everyone's creativity and imagination and problem solving skills to do things in ways we've never done before. Yes. Um, I, I, I was part of, um, I don't know what you call it, um, just like activities for the company and um, they wanted to do some service projects and um, they were so hung up on like trying to find the right service project to um, that there could be good publicity. It was on the right day, the right like exposure. And I'm like, that just totally defeats the perfect purpose of service. Um that you can't just wait around waiting for the perfect moment because it might pass, you know, you might miss it. And we need to be creative. We need to be the, the more you try things out, um, the quicker you'll get to a solution mm. and to be okay with messing up. And like, um, it takes a lot of bravery and guts and like admitting to yourself, like, that you, yeah, that you messed up, like you said, that it's not going to be perfect and really just the trial and error in it. And I mean, this life is all about gaining experiences. And if we're just sitting back waiting for the moment to come to us, then nothing's going to get done. We're, we're just relying on outside sources and like, we need to be proactive and really like follow our creative heart. Like we are, yes, we are meant to create, we are meant to solve problems get things done and when we do it together and collaborate and um i think also celebrate other people's efforts and you know like work together to solve problems um and i think also not comparing um so like oh i don't have all the answers now i don't want to start you know the podcast or i don't want to start a business i don't know everything because maybe i'm comparing it to someone else who's been doing it for a long time or maybe they right. have some other resources that i just don't have but it doesn't mean it's not possible you're just doing it a different way and so we just also can't compare ourselves to other someone else's results because we don't know how they got there or what they have and um I'm grateful that I've done it bootstrap. I've, I appreciate it more. I feel like I've learned a lot more and I can pass it on. Um, 
Yeah, with more heart, you know? Right, right. And I love what you say about this not comparing factor because whew, I I do that. I, I think anyone who looks at social media mm-hmm. has done that or does it daily. Mm-hmm. And so what would your words of wisdom be right now to someone who who may be in that space of I don't really know what to do, how to use my talents to contribute. I have all these ideas. I'm not really sure. Like they're just kind of in that middle ground right now. Always room. I think there's always room because no one has the same voice or opinion that you do. Um, But I'm sure there's somebody who is wanting to express maybe what you have inside. So be the one to be brave and do it. Um, It is scary when I was doing uh, my crowdfunding campaign, just so scary to say, hey, I'm quitting my job. I'm um, leaving a secure lifestyle to like do this thing that I have no idea what I'm doing. It's so scary. Um, But really, you'll be surprised at how many people agree, support. um, And it really starts with close um, close friends and family that support you and it, it brings them closer and you just love and support them more. And you really find your people when you do what you love. Mm. And I think, um, and I've, you know, heard so much about offense, authenticity too. And, um, yeah, when I've talked to other makers and, um, people on social media, it's like, don't worry about the, like, you've probably seen this meme. You're not everyone's going to like you. Like, (laughs) it's okay. Those aren't your people. You don't need to worry about them. Um, worry about focus on the people that, um, you're able to reach and, and their needs and just being authentic because there's someone maybe who needs you to speak up and it's scary. (laughs) It's super scary. But again, relying on your close friends and just believe that, what you say is unique and what you, what you believe is unique. And, um, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised because yeah, I've been surprised time and time again <laughs> throughout the last six years. So. Oh, I love that. I, and I, I believe that as well, that it does start with your close friends and family, you know, those people in your sphere of influence and, And it is quite remarkable how supportive people are of bravery and of Mm -hmm. creativity and being willing to step outside the box and, and to, you know, I think both of us have, have chosen to live these quote alternative (laughs) adult lifestyles. It doesn't really (laughs) feel that alternative anymore. I feel like so many people are, makers as you call them and entrepreneurs and creatives and we're in a world that is very embracing of that but it still is not what our parents maybe hoped for like as far as (laughs) well but what about getting a real job you know like I've I mean I've gotten that time and again from my parents and I know they just want us to be successful and taken care of but there are enough people out there that that need what 
we have to share that, like you said, we just have to believe. We have to believe enough in what we want to say and what we have to share that we can stand behind it and keep it moving. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's like anything like learning to ride a bike. If you stop pedaling, you will fall over. But if you keep pedaling, eventually you will stop falling and you will start speeding up. And Mm -hmm. I believe that if you have something that you are passionate about and that has a strong purpose for you, not just how can I make money? um, But if you have a purpose driven idea, and if you don't yet find a purpose, find something that you are passionate about, and it doesn't have to be what everyone else is passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, but find your cause, find your mission, connect that. And it could even be like a person. It doesn't even have to be this huge world peace situation. It could be right. inspired by, you know, a diagnosis that your friend has or a, uh, you know, a, or a new business model that you're trying to support that will help, mm-hmm. you know, different populations or whatever, but find your purpose and, or your person and guaranteed you will fight harder through those beginning fears and struggles and falling off your bike to give yourself enough time and space to get momentum and figure out how to ride a bike. And then you can go anywhere with it. Then you can ride, you know, through the mountains and cross Mm -hmm. country if you wanted to, but Mm -hmm. you're going to fall down. So many, wow. So many amazing points in that person. A tidbit I've, I've like realized with sewing. Um, I've had so many people say like, wow, it's such a, it's a lost art. Like, um, it's rare to find, you know, someone that is an expert in what you do. And that was how I was growing up. I, I somehow found this interest in sewing. Um, my mom had a machine. She wasn't an expert, but she, I had a machine at home. I took a class and I just ran with it. I was just so curious about it. I just ran with it. And growing up like in theater and dance, it's very competitive. And I just wasn't a strong enough singer. I was a good dancer, but like, I felt like to really stand out, you had to be an amazing singer. I just didn't have that. So I was like, Oh, I'm not standing out in theater and performing. Um, and growing up as a Latter-day Saint, like people knew me, Oh, she's the Latter-day Saint back then Mormon. And, um, and as much as I, I liked being notice for that like I also felt uncomfortable like I don't know how to talk about this I wanted something else so sewing was my other thing sewing I I realized later like in college I was like wow that is what I embraced that's what I wanted people to know me for and like that's what they did know me for and I just ran with it and I and like now I've I've I found that because I focused on this thing that makes me different, what I am so uniquely curious about and people like recognize it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this feels so good. I'm able to do things that other people can't do. There's not many people like me. I need to use this opportunity to do something good because 
what I have, my ability is rare. And I also want to pass it on and show other people, like, doesn't matter what your talent is, use it for good. Because again, your voice is unique, your abilities and, you, and just, it's so unique. And I, and I love that this, this little hobby I had, um, it's turned into my career and I'm able to what travel to Peru and India. Like what? That's like so insane. And I'm able to like just connect with people in other ways. And it's, it's amazing how, where it's taken me and then find what you, what makes you so curious and what makes you tick. And again, like find that little thing and run with it. Like I just, again, found every, any opportunity to use it and it just grew and grew. It was not all of a sudden, I did not think I would be where I am six years ago. I just wanted to make bags and like make money, but it's not about the money now. Like I've had some really low financial points. I've had to get another job, two or three jobs performing on the side to make money. Um, but my business has always been something I'm passionate about and I keep doing it because I'm like, oh, I just can't let it go because I feel like it is a way for me to reach people that I can't otherwise throughout my life. Um, I've had so many people say, wow, you're really good at that. Like, have, you should sell this. I'm like, nah, I, no, no one would buy it, you know, um, or just like people that would encourage me or give me ideas or they, they bought something from me in doing my business and keep, and, um, and then also finding some humanitarian, um, like purpose and mission for it. It's, it's like, it's saying, thank you. It's like giving back to the people that helped me. It's like, yeah, it's just an overwhelming. Thank you. Like you, woo, I'm getting emotional. Woo, okay. Hold on. <laughs> for me saying like you can do it believe in yourself this is me telling you whoever's listening that you can do it because I had so many people believe in me right here I am telling someone else that they can do it and I believe in them that anyone can do it that they do have a voice if I didn't you know listen to what people told me and I just followed the academic you know timeline you study this, you get a job in this, you 401k that and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you have this timeline. That's, it's not for everybody. That's, it's not the only way. Um, and I found something that really, I feel fulfilled. I'm helping others. And, um, whew. and here I am talking to Kristen, crying, <laughs> and talking about what we love and, continually meeting people that I'm inspired by because of what I do and meeting people all over the world and learning from other people. I think I just love it. Uh, well, now you got me going. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, so much for sharing from your heart and for loving all the people that you meet, that you serve and, and loving the people that are listening. I, you know, it's, it's hard when you are putting your voice out there in a situation like this, where you don't know necessarily who's listening. And yet what a gift that you and I can feel this love for people that are listening and, 
a hope for anyone that is listening to be able to live their dream and to believe that they can do it, even though we don't even know the details of their dreams. And, and yet what a gift to feel that love through you for them. And I feel it too. I, I hope that one day we'll be able to see many dots connect from someone who was listening that needed to hear you say they could do it. And, you know, you being able to tell the person that helped you do it and me the same, our dreams are so interconnected, I believe. And so grateful. Oh, so thank you. Thank you for all of that and your sincerity. It is beautiful. I needed to hear that. <laughs> so I needed need to thank you for the questions and thoughtfulness and to hear myself even say it, it gives me motivation. So I love sharing my story and I hope it inspires others. And it's just about sharing each other's stories and uplifting. So Thank you for the opportunity to share. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Even if this podcast was nothing else except for to give me the opportunity to connect with people that I love that inspire me. Oh, worth it. You're amazing. Oh, well, the feeling is mutual sister. And I want everyone to be able to follow and be continue to be inspired by you slash contribute to you, you, your business, your cause, um, the things that you're passionate about. So I know choose made is on Instagram. Is there any other platform or way that people can really support or follow your journey right now? That's mostly it. It's the same name pretty much um, on Instagram. My website is choosemade.com and on Facebook, choosemade TX for Texas. Um, so that's pretty much it. I try to be as sure as much. I have, um, yeah, just be working on masks all summer and trying to share. I, uh, I'm still connected with in Salt Lake City um, with organizations trying to share service opportunities that you can get involved in, not with just with me, but um, national organizations or ones in Salt Lake. And so, awesome. yeah, I appreciate any, any support sharing so much. Awesome. I, I'm, I'm recommitted. I, I want to get more specific also in, in the ways that I can serve where, where I am. And, and the nice thing about, well, maybe not the nice thing, but a silver lining about the way the world is right now is that no matter where you are, so much of our world is connected right now digitally because yeah. of the social distancing and everyone, organizations, individuals, people have learned how to do what they do involving online mediums. And so really wherever you are, there are ways that you can get involved with whatever causes, movements, ideas, creative outlets, whatever you want to do. It is so accessible. And so really it's just up to you to decide what it is you want to say 
and how you want to say it. I, I saw recently, um, I'll post it in the show notes because I can't remember off the top of my head. Maybe you know it. The woman that has been quilting images for the Black Lives Matter um, movement right now. Have you seen this? I don't think Oh I my have. gosh. It is so stunning. She, it is all, uh, like talk about old fashioned skill. It is all quilted gorgeous colors and like mm. pieces and it's these big quilts of of beautiful humans who have either lost their lives or mm. have given their lives to being a voice or an activist um of color and and these quilts i mean regardless of even if you just saw the quilt in passing it is stunning and uh, so just oh you know an added layer of hashtag sew their names you know yeah. hashtag quilt their faces it's quite <laughs> yeah. remarkable um you know she did the same thing found her her skill and and is sharing and and I'm so grateful to maybe let's just end on this that you you know said as simple as there's room there is room for everyone's voice and for everyone's offering. There is no lack of space at the table. And that also is comforting <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. as saturated as it might seem. And even if just one person needs to hear things or see things the way that you share, it's enough. It is. So thank you. And I'm excited for people to see more and follow your journey. And I'll be there right alongside you. Uh, and maybe one of these <laughs> days we'll end up in, in India together this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or we'll cross paths another way. But I love you, sister. I see all the good you are doing. And I give all my aloha from here in Hawaii and my namaste. Namaste. Thank you so much for joining us on this red carpet rendezvous. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on Apple podcast and share this with a friend that you think could benefit from some of the thoughts we've shared. Have a wonderful day. Namaste.